Hello, and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am talking with Dave Feyman from Smuggler's Coffee. What's up, Dave? Hey, not much, Joe. How you doing? I'm, I'm excited to talk to you, dude. Awesome, man. I'm excited to uh, be on. Yeah. So, I mean, the Smuggler's Coffee thing, number one, I love your logo. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was uh, actually designed by a dude that does beer labels for a, a local uh, uh, brewery. And, uh, you know, I approached him. And I'm just like, hey, dude, I got this idea. I sent him like this really crappy drawing and he ended up coming up with that. And it was just like, you know what? This this is badass. So, yeah, that that's it. I love the logo. The logo is just like it's just so cool. Yeah, dude. Um so what what was kind of the journey that led to you? I mean, how does one get into <laughs> to like producing coffee beans or and whatnot, you know? Okay. All right. So this is going to be like just kind of weird. Uh, it actually started off with beer. All right. So I started like uh, drinking a lot of craft breweries and stuff, you know, drinking the craft beer. And um, I've always been a coffee drinker. Um, but, you know, it's always like Speedway coffee, you know, like the gas station stuff. Yeah, and um, a lot of the craft micro brews in the area they use a lot of um, local roasteries. So um, it was like uh, I was started like you know okay well maybe I should try some of this stuff see what it tastes like. So you know they're using the you know coffee beans and uh, different stouts and porters and stuff like that. So I saw this and I was like all right I'm gonna try. Uh, it's like uh, dark matter coffee out of Chicago. So I tried their stuff. I'm like, damn, this is so much better than gas station coffee. So it's just like that kind of like snowballed into me starting to drink different and better coffee. And um, then it's kind of evolved into doing the whole barrel aging of coffee. And um, I'm not the first person to do it. There's other breweries or uh, coffee roasters that do barrel aging. But um, it's something that I kind of want to focus on. Um, a lot of uh, getting barrels from different breweries and stuff that, you know, they've aged a stout in a bourbon barrel. So then I'll get the, the barrel from them and then throw um, the uh, coffee beans in there. And it uh, takes a little bit of time. And then, uh, yeah, you get the barrel-aged coffee. And it's, uh, it's, it's unique. So it's, it's something different. So are you but, getting coffee beans that are like pre-roasted already and then just put them in the barrel yourself or do you do any <clears> roasting and stuff like no, that? No, no, I do all the roasting myself. Um I get the beans from a uh, distributor. Uh they're they're like a it's a green bean unroasted and then um then I get it and I kind of toy around with it a little bit in the roaster to find where the like a perfect spot is for it like roasting wise cuz sometimes if you roast it too dark you're not going to taste any natural flavors. You're just going to taste um, the the roast itself. Um, like a lot of your dark roasts that you get at like gas stations or even Starbucks, you're not really getting most of the um, the coffee bean flavor. You're getting the roast. And for a lot of places, that's like um, like chain places and gas stations. That's what they kind of go for. Is more of like a it's like a uniform flavor. Because you could buy a coffee bean um, from the same producer one year and then the next year, and they'll have two totally different flavors. It's all just based on like weather and you know all the shit like that. And uh, 
So a lot of the big places, they focus on, you know, the roast itself to where I'm kind of focusing on just like the bean. And then, you know, once I find where I can get the most flavor off of that, then I have a profile to go with. Then I throw it in the barrel, let it age for a while, and then, you know, get it back to that profile. So I, I play around with it a little bit and then, you know, do the barrel aging thing and it's uh it's kind of a, a long process but it's it's fun so yeah it sounds like it would have to take a lot of patience but uh, yeah it does that that sounds kind of fun though being like a mad scientist with coffee <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> yeah, you just got to keep playing around with it you, yeah it's it's awesome i i'm enjoying the hell out of it and uh so far so good man it's uh it's doing better than i expected it to and we're we're doing pretty good, so you know might evolve into an actual full time gig one of these days, and that would be uh, ideal. So that would be pretty but, cool, right? To, to yeah, something that you're just passionate about that's a hobby, and then bam, that's your job now. I mean, yeah, that that would be awesome. <laughs> that, that is the be, dream, man. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so but, yeah. So when you're doing that, do you just take mm-hmm. like like those beans, like you say you, I mean put them in for just like an arbitrary amount of time, just say like, you know, they're in for like 10 minutes or whatever. And then the next mm-hmm. one's in for like 15 or whatever. And you just kind of keep track of them and then just brew oh. them all mo- more or less the same way. So you can get a good flavor profile or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Um, like I have to play around like with like a heat settings and you know, how fast the drum is spinning, uh, how much airflow is coming in. Um, it sounds a lot more difficult than it is. There's like a computer so I can just control all this stuff. Like I'm just watching this computer. Like it's like a a graph almost. So it's like I'm watching a curve and you want the curve to be like a steady decline. And, uh, so it's like, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm playing around with the heat. I'm playing around with the, you know, all the different variables and stuff. So I'm trying to keep it like on this steady decline and, you know, um, one time it might take, uh, like nine minutes to get there and then you might not get like the flavors that you're looking for. So the next time you're like, okay, well I want to try it, you know, extend it out a little bit more. So I'm going to try getting it maybe to about 10 minutes and then, you know, just keep going with that until you get kind of like that flavor that you're looking for. And, uh, you know, just keep trying to shoot for it. And that's kind of, it's, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. Uh, you're just playing around with it until you get what you're looking for. And um, a lot of the, like when I when I buy coffee, um, the green beans, um, the distributor has what flavors that you know you should be getting. So it's I kind of look for that kind of stuff. Like if it's a coffee bean that says it's got you know a lot of vanilla flavor and a lot of chocolate flavor, and I'm tasting it and it you know, tastes like complete ass, then I know I fucked up. So then, you know, I'll, I'll try something different. I'll try, you know, maybe I have to get to what's called first crack. Um, I'll try and get there a little bit sooner. Um, first crack is basically like just the moisture, um, coming out of it. You'll usually get two cracks while roasting coffee. You get your first crack and, um, you can watch, uh, it's basically like um, that's when you know your coffee is like pretty much a light roast when you get to like that first crack. 
and then you can extend it out to a second crack. And once you get to a second crack, then you're pretty getting close to a dark roast, like a, almost like a, um, uh, it's like when the the beans are really like kind of dark and oily and stuff looking like, you know, a lot of store-bought coffee would look like when you pop open, you got like a little, little sheen on the coffee and stuff. So that's usually when they take in like the second crack. But, you know, I try and stay around that first crack area. That's where I seem to get the most flavor from the actual coffee bean. So... Yeah, I'm probably trying. I'm probably boring the hell out of you with the coffee talk. <laughs> no, no, are you kidding? <laughs> I'm like in awe of all this. It's so awesome. Oh yeah, it's 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 cool, man. I I don't know. It's 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 interesting, and it's I don't know, man. It's it's just something fun, and you get to play around with all these different coffee beans, and it's every single coffee bean that you can get they taste different. Like I can get one from South America and it tastes different from one from uh, Africa. And, you know, in Africa you can get one from, you know, Ethiopia, you can get it from two different regions in Ethiopia and they can taste completely different. And it's, it's, I don't know. That's, I just find it interesting and it's just fun to play around with. So yeah, it just kind of snowballed from beer to coffee and from coffee now to barrel aging coffee. And yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. So. <laughs> um, now, isn't the origin of, of coffee beans, does that come from Ethiopia? Yeah, there's uh, I think there's two, two different countries that actually claim they uh, they had the first coffee beans. One's Ethiopia and I off the top of my head, I can't remember the second one, but. Both of them claim it, but yeah, it's pretty much, you know, in that area of Ethiopia that is where coffee came from. Ethiopia is a wild country. I don't know if you've ever seen any, like I'm sure like Planet Earth or Planet Earth 2 had some stuff on it, like showing the highlands of Ethiopia and stuff. It is a fascinating place. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, not a place that I really want to visit just because I'm not a big fan of the heat, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it looks cool though. So I mean, but the uh, the one cool thing about the the coffee distributor um, that I get mine through is they actually send um, people who buy coffee from them. They'll send you to um, different places in Africa to go check out like the different coffee farms in Ethiopia. And uh, I just had a chance to go to Peru um, last fall, but. You know, just uh, with getting a whole bunch of things together with the actual business and stuff, it just I, I couldn't make it happen. But I mean, it's it's kind of neat that they send you to these different coffee farms and yeah, oh, no kidding. When you yeah, eventually get around to one of those trips, I want to hear about it. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> that no problem. Sounds amazing. <laughs> oh dude, yeah, I saw the pictures from the Peru trip, and I'm just like, man, I wish I could have fucking gone, but yeah, I didn't didn't get to make it and. But yeah, you know, next time, next time, once, <laughs> once I get the, uh, the, the shop in order and we get everything all taken care of, then I'm definitely taking one of those trips. So <laughs> yeah. How's that coming along? I, I was seeing on, fa- on your Facebook page that did you just move into like a new space or something? Yeah. Um, so we moved in, well, we started renting the place back in, it was like late November um, but then the landlord had a bunch of work to do in there. So, um, we actually didn't get in until almost January. 
Um, so once we got in, um, I'd set up shop and I just wasn't really kind of happy with the way that it looked in there and stuff, even though we're not open to the public. It just, I really didn't, I don't know. I wanted to change the way it looked. So I, uh, you know, I ripped everything out, ripped all the flooring out, uh, painted the walls, painted the floors, and I still got a little bit of work left to do in there, but, uh, it's coming along slow and hopefully soon it'll all be done. So yeah, just, you know, taking my time, you know, like with, uh, (laughs) With three kids, full-time job, and doing the coffee thing, you know, it's regular, pretty much I only have the weekends to get all that done, so. Oh, dude, I uh, imagine. Yeah I, yeah, I got a couple kids, too, and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know They're how it is. They're adorable little time consumers, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They're, they take up, take take a little bit of time up, so. But, yeah. Um, when, you, when you're making your coffee, what is mm-hmm. your, like, preferred method that you like to use? <laughs> so I'm lazy. Um, a lot of people use like the you know coffee snobs and stuff. They'll they'll use the pour overs and it's uh you know all these fancy devices. I've got a uh, it's it's like an automatic pour over, so I can just get everything ready and then in the morning when I wake up and stumble out of bed, I can just hit a button and the thing just uh, powers on. So yeah, it's not, uh, I don't sit there with the, uh, the espresso machine or sit there with, you know, all these, um, different scales and stuff. No, I just got an automatic thing and I'm lazy. So like what, what's a pour over? Is that, is that the same as just like a drip, like Mr. Coffee or something like that? No, so filter and stuff, (laughs) a little bit simpler than that. So it's, um, even simpler than that. (laughs) Yeah, it's. It's even simpler than that, man. All right, so you basically you get like a tea kettle, you boil your water, and then you've got this. It looks like a a craft almost with like um, a funnel on the top. You can get them. They look all sorts of different ways, but you can get them. And you put your paper filter in there, and then you put your coffee in, and then you just like slowly pour the the water that you had you know warming up in the tea kettle into the uh, the the craft and it you know just gravity feeds it there's no pressure no nothing it just you know filters itself so i mean that's a lot of people their preferred method and i just don't have time for that in the morning so when i wake up i just want it ready to go so well, how is I that different than a mr coffee uh mr <laughs> <laughs> well mr it coffee sprinkles hot water from the top through a filter Pretty much. Uh, a lot of thing is with the Mr. Coffee, you can't really get the um, the perfect temperature that you need. Um, it's like the, the temperature is supposed to be um, off the top of my head. It's supposed to be like between 193 degrees and 202 degrees. Most coffee makers don't get in that range. They're either way low or way high. Uh, like I had a Keurig that topped out at like 170 and you can totally taste the difference in your coffee. Like, um, I brought I bought one of those uh, little Keurig pod things that I could put my own coffee in, and I did that the one time, and I put it in there. I'm like, God damn, this tastes like shit. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck did I do? And then, uh, you know, I sat there and I actually took the temperature of it, and it was at like 171. I'm just like, okay, well, that's probably why. So, so yeah, it's just. Uh, you know, a lot of that is, you know, you get different 
you can get a different flavor off the grind of your coffee. You're supposed to grind it as fresh as possible. Um, and the water temperature, it's all, all has to do with the extraction of the coffee. So yeah, you can get, uh, like a Mr. Coffee, you know, you might get it too hot, too, too cold. Um, you know, there might be like, uh, one of those ones that uses pressure to, to push the water through and yeah, but a lot of people don't, don't really care that much about coffee. They just want to get that caffeine buzz in the morning. So, and you know, that's, that's fine. So that's, that's how I got my start in coffee. And I mean, really the coffee maker that I got is just a, a kind of the same thing, except for it's just an automatic pour over. So it's, it works for me and it's great. So. But, yeah, that's cool. I never even considered that the water temperature would have a total effect on that. I mean, cause there's like oils and stuff in the coffee beans that need to get extracted out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's the different oils in there and everything. Um, there's like a whole science that people that are so much smarter than me know. Um, basically I know what, what I like when it comes to taste, man. I just, you know, it's, <laughs> I put the coffee in certain temperature, turn the damn pot on and it's all good. So it's, Do you prefer like a lighter or a darker roast? Um, I actually prefer a lighter roast myself. Um, especially with, with the barrel aging, um, a lighter roast, I get the, uh, more of the flavor from the actual barrel itself. Like I got, I did this one coffee. It was, um, called Goondock Saints and it was a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you go up with that name? Yeah, I came up with that I name. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, so there's a story behind that too. All right. So, um, the, like almost all my stuff that I do, like all the coffee names are some sort of pop culture inspired or something or inspired from the brewery. So, um, the barrel that I got was a rye whiskey barrel and it was from a brewery called forefathers brewing out of Valparaiso, Indiana. And they did a beer called sloth loves chunk <laughs> and it was a uh, it was a baby Ruth inspired beer, and uh, then they they took that beer, then they aged it in the barrel, and then I got the barrel. So I'm like, well, shit, man, you know, Goonies. I'm I'm gonna call it Goondock Saints. You know, it's you know, it sounds cool. I like it. You know, I think I was probably watching uh, Boondock Saints at the time, and I'm just like, ah, you know, let's go with that. So it's got a little Goonies reference to it. You know, keeping with the pop culture thing, and so. But yeah, that one, um, that uh, that coffee was insane. Um, you would brew it, and you're sitting there drinking, and you're just like, man, it tastes like there's whiskey in this. I mean, it is strong whiskey flavor, <laughs> and it was like, um, do you know what uh, cold brew coffee is? No. All right, so so cold brew coffee is basically like you take the coffee beans and you like give them a uh, coarse grind. So it's not like as fine as you would for like a drip coffee maker. So it's a coarse ground ground coffee. You put in basically a container of water. It could be a pitcher. It could be, um, you know, something that's actually made for cold brewing. And then you just kind of let it sit and you don't heat up the water at all. You just, just let it sit anywhere from 12 hours to 24 hours. And, uh, it, it gives you like an, uh, they call it an extract. So it's like really concentrated coffee and, uh, you can water it down a little bit or you can just drink it straight and it's, it'll give you a nice caffeine buzz. But, uh, if you would cold brew that, 
and you were sitting there drinking. I, I did it at work one time, and you know, one of the guys walks by me. He goes, "Man, are you drinking whiskey out of that?" And I'm like, "Nah, dude, this is just a coffee." <laughs> so yeah, it's That's it was awesome. like a real strong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. And I got a rum barrel one right now, and uh, the rum isn't as strong as the whiskey flavor, but you definitely get that that rum, you know, the smell and the taste out of it, and it's it's really really cool. I I love it. So if you're at work and you can't get a buzz on, you know, it's cool to have you know something that at least tastes like it, I guess. So and you're getting your coffee buzz. So <laughs> yeah, and and one thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is. Um, the lighter roasts carry a lot higher caffeine content. Yeah, you're not really yep. burning it off in the roasting process, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's that's 100 percent true. And uh, different coffee beans also give you different caffeine levels. Um, like there's uh, what is it? Uh, Robusto coffee that actually it, it you know tastes like shit by itself, but um, it's uh, it's got a higher caffeine than an Arabica coffee bean. Arabica is usually what you would get with most coffees because um, they, they have a much better taste. So if you see something that says it's like the highest caffeine content and stuff, chances are they're using a Robusto and they're doing a dark roast on it. And, you know, it'll have a higher caffeine content, but they're kind of, you know, getting the crap flavors out of it by the roast. So, yeah, but uh, the actual lighter roast, you'll you'll get some nice, nice caffeine buzz off that. So a lot of people think the darker roast is like, you know, full octane and stuff when actually it's, you know, it's lighter roast. You're going to get the, the higher buzz. So, yeah, I'd thought that for years and years. And then I don't know, I heard it or read it somewhere. And then yeah. looked it up, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the next time I was at the grocery store. <laughs> my store, life has been a lie. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> for a while, I was actually going and buying beans and grinding them up myself. And then I got lazy and just started just <laughs> buying Folgers again. But I get the lighter yeah. roast one. Yep, yep. Uh, no. Years ago, on my first trip to the Red River Gorge, I was climbing with this dude from Maine. And in the uh, the lodge that we were all staying at, there was like a community kitchen in there and he had like a little Mr. Coffee espresso machine set up in there. And so the very last day we were there, he, cause the whole time climbing with him over this, like three days, he's like, Oh, you got to try this coffee that I make. It's really great. I imported in from Spain. And like the dude was like a self, uh, a self-claimed, uh, coffee snob. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he made us espressos, uh, right as we were leaving. So that was like our morning coffee on the day that we left and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like it was yeah. just like two or three shots of espresso and then I uh, foamed up milk with it. So it was basically just like a cappuccino. Yeah, yeah. That's and, cool. Yeah. And that was like the first real cappuccino I had where like I could taste all the different notes and the coffee and like that steamed milk and it, it kind of thickened it up a little bit. And it, yep. it was just fucking magical. Oh, yeah. 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 I'd and, love that. Yeah, and then when I got home, I ordered my own. <laughs> nice. It's what I got nice. my my little my little miniature grinder and everything. Yeah. And um and let's see. I I fucked up and I was putting tap water through it. And okay, so, yeah. And so yeah, it, it clogged up with hard water and then I did that with a second one. And oh. then just last week I I, I I I it's one of those things where I just sit and think about because it's like I have like a drip coffee at home. I got mm-hmm. a Keurig at work. 
and like every time I drink them, I'm like, okay, this is good, but oh fuck, I really want an espresso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Last week, uh, I'm talking to my wife, and I just show her my phone, and I'm like, look what's showing up on Monday, and she's like, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, we'll just be disciplined <laughs> this time and only put like bottled water through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a. We just put in a uh, reverse osmosis system at the house, so it's like, yeah, now I can just fill that up from there. I don't have to use bottled water anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I know exactly what you're going through, man. I, I went through a couple different uh, coffee makers like early on. It's like, man, what the hell's wrong with this? And then it's like, yeah, I have well water. So, you know, it's hard water and clogs it all up. But, yeah. Our water here is crazy hard. I, th- I think about – I ought to just set a calendar alert. So just every nine months I go down and I just unscrew. I have an electric water heater. Okay. And it's got two of the heating elements and that lower one – it, it like I'll notice that all of a sudden I just don't have any hot water and I'll go and unscrew uh, that lower one. And then I got to take like a shop back with like a special tube on the end and just start yep. sucking out all the lime scale in there. It's terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know, know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, part of, part of my job is I work, you know, for a municipality, I do water stuff too. So it's like, I work for a community that's all well water. So it's, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that's the way this little town was when we first moved in. Every single house had a sandpoint well. Yeah. And um what was it? It was after that we got flooded really bad in 2008. Okay. And like it flooded basically my entire town. And then afterwards we had a I don't know, there was like a grant from the government or something like that to upgrade to city water. Okay. And so they did that and then we everybody had to switch over to it. And so I still got my well that I just run to my outdoor spigot. Yeah. But yeah, oh, it's all city water inside now. But mm-hmm. if anything, it's harder than the freaking well water was. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, they probably have a, you know, it's a deep well, but it's probably got a really high iron content. And uh, trust me, I know all about that. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this fucking town was built on like the edge of a swamp. <laughs> so, like, God knows what sort of water that fucking water town is. Oh, God. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw a little extra chlorine in that stuff. Yeah, no shit, but, right? Uh, oh, dude, oh, I had my first pool last summer, and I never had to add, like, the pH. <laughs> I think it was the pH up. I think yeah, it was just yeah. all pH down that nice. I was throwing in. It was just, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's freaking water, but so, um, yeah. at least we got good water pressure now. When I just had my, my pump down in the cellar, like, the water pressure sucked. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, but that yeah. first shower after we switched over to city water was magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to readjust the angle of the shower head and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's that's uh, wonders of, you know, hard water, too, man. It'll clog up your pipes on the inside as well. And, yeah, that's – yeah, hard water sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's just no, no other way around it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, did you ever get into like make, or did you ever get into like making like espresso or anything like that? That's uh, kind of yeah, a fun process, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got uh, I I got a cheap uh, espresso maker that I found at a Goodwill that uh, that I use, and uh, yeah, I play around with that a little bit. Um, I don't really like, uh, do that as often. 
Um, I'll make one. Usually, I'll make an espresso or something in the afternoon after work. Um, you know, because in the morning I'm not going to grind up beans and wake up the kids and then have, you know, the kids waking up and it's like you know it's two hours before school, you guys. This is my time. <laughs> but yeah, so usually in the afternoon when I get home, I'll I'll make myself an espresso and uh, yeah, I play around with that a little bit, like use different beans and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love espressos. Those are so good. Um, you know, or an Americana where it's, uh, you know, the espresso and then hot water added to it and stuff. But um, I don't get too crazy with like the different, um, you know, like the the mixed, uh, I don't know, like an ice cream drink, like the Frappuccinos or anything like that. It's usually I just make like a, you know, double shot of espresso and, you know, slug that down quick. But yeah. Oh, one of my friends has got like an on-demand espresso machine. Oh, nice! Super expensive. Yeah. And so every time I go and see him, he's just got two shot glasses under it because it'll pour two shots at a time. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, want another shot of espresso?" And so every time I go and visit him, like when I leave there, I'm just like geeking because I've had like six shots of espresso while I'm hanging out with him. (laughs) Yeah, those things are cool. I was actually looking at some of these espresso machines, and it's just like, oh my god! I mean, there's they're expensive, dude. Oh, I know. I was looking at this one; it was like twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, oh my god! Like <laughs> <laughs> my coffee roaster wasn't even that much, but yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, good business to get into, I guess, man. Making those espresso machines, but yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, just but, wake up laughing every morning. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them are just like absolute works of art, too. Like, if you ever get a chance, look at this uh, company called Slayer Espresso. Um, Man, their machines, like, you could set those up on, like, your, like, if you have, like, a coffee shop, put that on a bar, and it's like a work of art. It's just, this thing is just amazing to look at. I mean, it's like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, just like a modern masterpiece. This thing's just badass. It's it's not something that you'll see in, you know, most little coffee shops either. This is like high end piece of equipment and it's just like, damn, that thing's gorgeous. But <laughs> is it as fancy yeah. as the one that Cato had in Green Hornet? Uh, you know, I, I've never seen that. So. Oh, you're the lucky one. Yes, yes, I am the I am the lucky. I have not seen that, nor have I seen the uh, Fantastic Four movie that that recently came out not that long ago. So I, I, w- I was saved from that as well. So, dude, la- last episode I had Rod and Rebecca on. We were talking comics. And, yeah, and that movie came up, and and like, yeah, we're gonna do a drunken commentary of that. You know, I saw that on Twitter, dude. That's. That would be hysterical. And Rod's oh, never seen God. it before. It'll be his first time. And oh, he's, he's threatening to drink a four loco. And so we'll see oh, how geez. that goes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he's gotta do that. That would be that would be like must listen to right there. Oh my God. <laughs> he's like, You gonna drink one too? I'm like, Oh no, I die. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick to your strawberries, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. I, I can almost get cocky with those. So. <laughs> Yeah, the, those four locos, man. Whew. Yeah, I've yeah. never had one, but I mean, oh. what are they like? Twelve percent alcohol or something crazy like that? Yeah, they're they're pretty high up there, and they just come in a rainbow of flavors. I mean, it's <laughs> like 
like anything you can think of. I think there's like anything from sour apple to something that's blue, looks like, you know, windshield washer fluid. God knows what <laughs> flavor that is. But I mean, they've got name a flavor and they probably have it, man. And yeah, you're going to feel it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just shotgun it. That podcast for a Friday, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Man, so that's stuff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I like alcohol when I can't really taste the alcohol. Like I, I'm I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to drinking. Yeah. Like, I, I, I there. Like when you were talking about the coffee that has like the whiskey flavor to it, like I would have mm-hmm. to tentatively try that. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, like if it's too strong, it'd be like oh. It'll all right. So, it doesn't. You. Oh, sorry, it doesn't, <laughs> oh, no, no problem, man. It doesn't actually have like the actual alcohol taste. You can taste like um, uh, the different notes that are in it. Like um, like in a bourbon, you got like the, you know, with that oak, you got a vanilla flavor. You got like caramel. That's what you're mainly tasting. You're not getting like an alcohol like burn or anything like that because there's no alcohol actually in these beans. It's just you know from this uh um from the oak uh the barrel itself uh you know it's it just has that that smell trapped in there and then when you put the coffee beans in the coffee beans are like a sponge and they just soak up that that smell and then they they actually give you that flavor in the coffee and it's it, it's wild it's, I'll, I'll send you some, Joe. It's 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 something. Oh, nice. to, it's, it's something to try, man. It's I love it. I love it. I mean, it's uh, it's different. Uh, it's not a coffee that um, you're gonna have like at. You're not gonna see it everywhere. It's it takes a it takes a couple months to actually make them, and um, you know, it's it's a longer process, so it's not like you're gonna see it at every coffee shop or anything like that. But man, the flavors that you get from it—the the best way I could describe it is—I um, like to call them like a dessert style coffee. Uh, you can drink them in the morning, but it's definitely gonna have, be sweeter. It's 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 on the sweeter side of a coffee. Um, yeah, so you could like you know, and after dinner, like you just don't feel like you know drinking a beer, drinking you know whatever like a Manhattan or whatever your drink of choice is. Um, you know, you could have the after dinner coffee, and it's just like you know, it's just perfect. And I, I love that stuff. But oh, it sounds eh, awesome! I can't wait to try it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, dude, I'll send you some. I, I've got uh, got some of the rum barrel one left, and uh, I'll I'll send you out some of the rum. It's 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 pretty cool. Oh, awesome, dude. Thank you. That's yeah, no problem, dude. And and like you got like a storefront and stuff like that or not like like a digital marketplace or something for it? Yeah, all we got right now is our um our website um and uh that is uh, I think it's uh hell, I don't even know. It's uh <laughs> It's on our Facebook page, our Instagram, our Twitter page. Yes, I'll, just I'll look up Smugglers Coffee. <laughs> All right, good. That's that's better than I can do at the moment. It's something like it's something like store.smugglerscoffee.com or something, but uh, my wife handles all the digital stuff. I just roast the coffee, so it's like, oh sweet. Yeah, I'm not not really, really too digital savvy, so I know enough just to keep me uh, dangerous. 
So yeah, I'm not very business savvy. It's like no. I'm I'm a creative type, and maybe that's why it's like okay, I'm just more my brain is geared more towards creativity. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm OCD enough that I can kind of jump on that stuff, but it's hard to like really tackle it. Yeah. So, so yeah, good for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I I have to thank my wife because she's more the business person than I am. I mean, if it were me, I would have spent every dollar we have and then some, you know, on stupid stuff that we really don't need. So I mean, oh, she's she's the business person. I'm the creative one. She just looks at me and she's like, "No, dummy, you're not buying that." <laughs> So I have throwing knives and a blow dart gun out in my garage that prove that I fucking buy stupid (laughs) shit. (laughs) Dude, dude, I know all about it. I got a bow and arrow that I barely ever use. So it's like I got a Hoyt Hoyt, uh, bow uh, that's like a nice name brand one, too. Oh, hell yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've been caught shooting that in the garage a few times. So. But yeah, so yeah, that was an uh, impulse buy that uh, was kind of frowned upon. But, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I made the mistake of searching for Beats on my phone. And okay, it, like I don't know, like I went from an iPhone to an Android okay. a few months ago, and I went in being very optimistic. It's like I've heard good things about the Samsung Galaxy. I'm gonna give it a shake. I'm gonna be optimistic and positive about it but after a few months you know what fuck android phones (laughs) (laughs) like seriously like like they suck the biggest dick in the bag i mean it is fucking awful and like the worst part is like i'll be just randomly doing things on my phone and just a Uh fucking pop-up will come up and that's almost always a pop-up for amazon and it'll be something that i've searched for and so i constantly have these beats just showing up in my face And every time I got to remind myself, like, dude, those are like $280. Don't you fucking buy those. Your wife would not be fucking thrilled. (laughs) For good reason. I don't need $300 fucking headphones. No. Dude, I'm glad you told me that because I was actually kind of like, I don't know. Should I get get an Android? I've been with iPhones for years, but Don't do it. All right, cool. Don't do it. Don't make my mistake. Don't go into it like a smiling idiot like I did. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> now I just oh. sit and I plot my return. I'm like, one of these days, I'm going to fucking go to the wireless store. <laughs> I'll be out of contract and then fuck this one. <laughs> like, oh. I don't know if they trade it in or if they just laugh and say, yeah, okay, sign yeah. this in fucking your blood. And <laughs> yeah. Welcome it's like, back. I don't even need the new fancy iPhone X or something like that. Like, the last one I had was a six. You've yeah. a six or better and I'll be happy. That's what I still got. I think I got like a 6S or something. And, dude, I love it. It's It hasn't given me any problems. So I'm just like, you know what? I'll, I'll just ride this one till it's dead. So. I remember those days. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I still like the Blackberries, man. Those things, the, the batteries on those things never died. I love that. Why can't iPhone do that? You get those. iPhone can do everything oh, else. <laughs> yeah, I know. You ain't kidding. But, yeah, you weren't dude. watching HD videos on your BlackBerry, were you? <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, you couldn't. You couldn't even get on like a decent like uh, app store on there, man, because exactly. they had that shit locked down. That's why the ba- that's why like batteries in those old Nokia phones. Remember the Nokia phones from the late? 90s? Oh yeah, yeah. With fucking snake on them and stuff. No, yeah, those yeah, batteries dude. lasted for fucking three weeks because you couldn't do anything except for make calls on them. 
dude dude at work um they give us work phones i've got a uh what it's a casio flip phone <laughs> dude this thing oh my god I mean, I don't think I've charged this thing in like two weeks, and I still got like four <laughs> bars of battery on it, and it's just like, oh my god! But I mean, it it works, but man, it's a big piece of crap. <laughs> like, did did you watch the uh, the Cobra Kai trailer? No, I haven't watched it yet. After oh, I listened to dude. that last Pop Culture Leftovers, and and they were talking about, it. I was like, shit, you should look this up. But I was doing something else to where I I couldn't stop and just watch a video. And, oh and man, then, you gotta watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's popped in my head a couple times, but unfortunately, every time it's been when I've been doing shit where I can't watch a video. No oh, man, there's there's just one scene where Johnny's got a flip phone, and I'm just like, yep, yep, that's the phone I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I didn't even know they still made them till like they started handing them out at work. I'm just like, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> now I remember the first work phone I had years and years ago was a flip phone. And then one day I came back from deliveries and my boss is handing me an iPhone. He's like, hey, they upgraded all the drivers to iPhone so that you guys can check emails on the road. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, and so that was where I had an iPhone forever was because it was just a work phone that I carried. But then when I transitioned jobs and went from being on the road to being in an office, they're like, hey, hey, you don't need a a phone that we pay for anymore. (laughs) So they graciously let me keep the number, but then they kept the iPhone. (laughs) Oh man. <laughs> I think I sucks. got the raw deal out of that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. No, we <laughs> we just recent well, it wasn't recent, it was probably about I don't know, like maybe seven, eight years ago switched off from pagers to these phones. So it's like Whoa. Yeah. Dude, they they didn't even like they paid more per month for the pagers than they were for actual phones. And it's just like, do we really need pagers? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was yeah, that was something. <laughs> I don't think they still do. I think the company was just like, yeah, we we're not going to do this anymore. So uh, maybe you should just get rid of those pagers and give you guys some flip phones. <laughs> God, no! I remember when pagers were so popular, they had stores that were just dedicated to pagers. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. places in Cedar Rapids called Beeper People. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, we had uh, this one. It was uh, something like ABC Pagers or something like that, and that's all it was. But they also had like you know the the hookahs and other stuff that was in there too. But you know that was we went in there for the pagers. <laughs> that's yeah. a we, weird we mix match, right? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> depends on what you're using your pager for. So. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what people would always say. Because I remember I had a, my first pager was one that Mountain Dew had done where if you save sent in like the UPCs Oh yeah, I remember like a, that. Yeah, off like 10 12 packs or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, well my grandma and grandpa always had like Pepsi products in their fridge and so I'm pretty sure that's where I got the majority of my UPC labels. <laughs> and then it was like some little amount like 9.95 with it or something like that. Yeah. And I remember my mom and dad were so dead set against the idea of me getting a pager. They thought it was like the dumbest thing ever. And then once <laughs> I had it and they realized, "Oh, we can page him and he's responsible. He calls us back almost immediately." Then they go and buy my sister a fancy pager. And I'm stuck with a fucking Mountain Dew one. And then I took a Sharpie and I covered up the Mountain Dew logo on it. Yeah, you got the one that came out of the box of cereal and she gets a nice one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, though. That Mountain Dew pager, I never paid a monthly bill for it. Oh, nice. Nah. And I used it for like three years. 
It was crazy. <laughs> Can't beat that, man. Yes. Oh God, I hated pagers. Man, yeah, those things. Oh, oh man, I'm. I like phones. I'm, I'm happy with my my iPhone, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll guess I'll keep the flip phone from work too. But <laughs> I know those oh, people yeah. that are, that uh, will go from having the smartphone and being like, I don't like how connected I am. I'm gonna go back to the flip phone. It's like, uh, in a way, I commend them. Yeah, because yeah. I, I'm too programmed to like I can pull out my phone and start doing things. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe it'd be better for me to have more downtime, <laughs> especially because there's yeah. so much shit that I can do on my phone. Like especially now that I've been writing more again, mm-hmm. yeah. I fucking write in my notes app, and it's stupid. It's like why? Oh, yeah. It's like I remember the last time I actually imported it over. It was like a five thousand word document. And it's like you did all that with your thumb yeah. laying on the yep. couch. You fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Now, when I was writing for uh, beer web beer websites, it was the same thing, man. I'm sitting there on my iPhone, and it's like I'm typing, and I'm just like, "Damn, dude, why don't I just get like a keyboard and hook up my iPad to that and go like that?" But it was, that was too much work. I still just ended up typing <laughs> on my phone. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but yeah, man, I I can totally see these people f- switching out from. You know the the smartphone back to the flip phone. It's just like I, I find myself getting lost at times on my phone. Like next thing I know, it's it's ten o'clock at night. It's like man, the kids just went to bed. I, I didn't even sit down and like really do anything, but sit there and look at stupid stuff. <laughs> but uh, oh well, it's society today. We're programmed with our our uh, smartphones now. But oh well. There's cat videos we can watch, so. <laughs> I know. I think earlier I watched an hour's worth of fail videos. Oh. We, were just, we just watched them on the fire stick, so I was watching them on my flat screen. <laughs> Those are great. I know. And after like an hour, and I'm like, I'm like, how many vines have you watched by now? Like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like at work every once in a while when we're on lunch, we'll watch that. Uh, I think it's called Ridiculousness. Uh, it's at, uh, uh, it's on MTV with, uh, man, what the hell's his name? Rob, Rob Deerdeck or something. I don't know. Uh, he's a professional skateboarder or something, but he's got like, it's basically a whole show of nothing but like fail videos. And it's like, oh my God, this people, <laughs> it's like, how are these people not dead? Oh, I know some like, I'm always really vocal when I watch those, like if I watch somebody get hurt, like I'm like screaming and covering my mouth and just like, ah, oh, like I, I get and for a seven second video. It's like, how do you become like empathetic with this person? Oh, <laughs> in this short of a time stark. Yeah. Uh, it's like, man, that was stupid, but you still feel the pain. It's like, Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. You got to balance it out. Like you watch some of the like horrible ones with people failing and getting hurt. And then you watch <laughs> cute ones with animals just like wiping out or something like that. It's like, Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> no, Kitty like... didn't make it to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like we watch this one uh, with my daughter. She likes to watch. Uh, uh, it's like uh, if animals were round, and it's basically <laughs> like just like these animals are like you know balls, and it's like uh, there's a uh, like an alligator, and it's 
sitting there and there's a, a bunch of the uh, like gazelles or something like drinking out of the, out of the the river and this alligator all of a sudden pops up and can't get him because you know he's round and you know, it's just it's hysterical dude if you ever get a chance check that out the, the if if animals were round oh my god <laughs> I, I could sit there it down. oh dude. <laughs> Yeah. Like I will definitely be showing that to the kids. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely well worth a watch with the kids. My my daughter just she dies laughing every time we watch those. Oh, it's great. <laughs> God, I watched one earlier when you said that thing about the alligator. There was like an alligator that was like in a ditch which looked like it was a backyard and this was a big freaking alligator. Like it looked like it was maybe 8 to 10 feet long. Like, definitely right. big enough to where it's like, what are these good old boys doing with a t-shirt? <laughs> oh, you know, throw it over its eyes and jump on this thing's back. Well, they had a bad throw with the shirt, so it didn't quite get over the thing's head. And so the dude jumped on it anyway, and that thing turned around and grabbed that fucking dude's arm and ragdolled him. Oh, man. Yeah, like, oh, I was, dude. like, standing up from the couch, covering my mouth, just like, no, <laughs> no. It's one of those. It's just like, dude, why would you fuck with one of those? They're bigger than you. Like, and then the dude like gets away from it, and he's like holding his right arm, like oh, I fucked up. And it's like, yeah, dude, we just all saw you fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Your, your next stop is the doctor's office, and they're gonna be taking those wooden Q-tips and cleaning those fucking puncture holes out. Oh my Have god, fun dude. with that, Florida man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You win. You win the Darwin Award. Stupid. <laughs> no shit. Like, right. Oh my god. Man. Oh God, I couldn't. Have, but it's it's easy for me to say this. I live in Iowa. We don't have anything <laughs> fucking dangerous here. You know, yeah. like the only dangerous things we have here are the voters. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> I live in I live in Indiana, so I mean, you could take the same thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to bring that up when you said that you didn't like the extreme, like the really hot temperatures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. you gotta love the summer times where you're at, right? Oh, fuck. It gets hot. <laughs> yeah, no. Do you guys get the bad humidity, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. We get the uh. real bad. It's it's crazy because, I mean, we're not too far away from Lake Michigan and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, you get it's nuts. But, um, yeah, it's it's you know we're basically like Chicago Junior. I mean we're right there. So the, the weather they get is the weather that we get. High humidity and just it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it does suck, dude. The oh, Midwest man. humidity is no joke. No, it's like yeah. Yeah, all that all that freaking greenery. <laughs> you know, it's it's just making it's photosynthesizing. It's, mm-hmm. it's making oxygen and water as a byproduct. It's yeah. in the height of summer. Holy shit. Yeah. And that sun comes out and just burns that layer off and oh. boom, it's gotta go somewhere. It just hangs out all day and just fucks up your day. Oh, I know, dude. Part like you know, I've already said, like, you know, I work for a municipality, so it's like sometimes we're all blacktop and in that stuff, it's just like fuck oh. me, why didn't I go to college? damn dude yeah that's not all it's cracked up to be i'm a fucking podcaster and i work in an office (laughs) with a graphic design degree and i don't do graphic design (laughs) yeah but you're in the air conditioning though man yeah it took me a fucking dozen years to get there but that's true i'm super stoked for this summer i am not gonna lie (laughs) one of those fucking carpet people assholes that goes out and like oh it's so hot out here (laughs) 
<laughs> like, yeah. Go back into your desk, you fuck. Yep. <laughs> with your fucking khakis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hate those people. <laughs> I'm so excited that I'm one of them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, yeah. So, so at least I'll be out there sweating off the uh, winter fat, though. Yeah. That is true, dude. I'm just accumulating it. Like, pretty soon I'm going to have to get myself a sail barge because I'm going to be doing <laughs> a fucking job. Of- you can buy the $500 one. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I can go out in the warehouse, but I'm so on solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, wow, wow. Stark needs to lay off the fucking cookies. <laughs> you got the little monkey looking thing. I can't even think of his name right now. Following around just laughing. That'd be kind of great. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you a big Star Wars fan? Dude, I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Um, like, um, actually, the uh, uh, the coffee company before we settled on Smuggler's Coffee was. I was actually thinking about calling it a Brew Hope, but uh, you know, a little riff on uh, on yeah, a New great. Hope. But uh, everyone kind of looked at me like, "Dude, you're you're a nerd. Don't." So, <laughs> Have you named a coffee that yet? Anyway, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's brand new it's just up on the website so within like the past like two weeks so that's awesome yeah so yeah it's actually a pretty good one too so yeah check it out (laughs) (laughs) that's too cool yeah no it's uh it was actually kind of perfect uh because we got this coffee in and uh, it came from a farm, and the farm was actually named um, in Spanish a New Hope. So I'm like, oh fuck that! I'm calling this one a Brew Hope. So yeah, we just kind of kind of called it that, and you know, I started playing around with it, and it, it turned out really good. So yeah, That's it's awesome, uh, man. Coming from a farm like that, yeah, that name was like just like oh, yeah, me, right? pretty much. Yeah, that was that was a no brainer right there. I think even my wife was just like, after she face palmed, she goes, yeah, yeah, you should probably do that. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm a huge star Wars nerd. That's, I got a tattoo of the Imperial symbol with a, uh, Darth Vader with a, uh, kind of like a, in the shape of a hop from, uh, from a beer. So oh, cool. Yeah. It's, it's actually pretty badass. I like it. So. Oh, I I don't have any tattoos yet, but I, like I sit and think about the different ones that I would get. Yeah, <laughs> and Dude. like one of the ones that I've wanted forever is um, uh, the Rebels logo. Oh, okay, yeah, or the Rebellion logo, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I'd get it right in the middle of my freaking pasty white forearm too so I'd be like, that dude's a real dork and it's like that's fucking right <laughs> that's where i got my my uh imperial yes! goes right on my forearm <laughs> i love it yeah. oh yeah dude i got uh, a couple different like stormtrooper helmets i got a Django fed helmet uh man i i love those movies they're they're pretty much my religion um i love star wars that's that's you know, one thing I'm trying to indoctrinate my kids on, fuck Star Trek, watch Star Wars, but my <laughs> wife's kind of the opposite. So it's like, you know, 
And then they're just sitting here like, I just want to watch the Avengers. And it's like, all right, yeah, it's cool. You can watch the Avengers too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my kids bounce around with so much pop culture stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I just try and remind myself, like, if you force it on them, they're definitely not going to be into it. And so I just kind of let them follow their own thing. And, yeah, and that's... I pray that it's something that's not too mind-numbing. Yeah, I've been really, really lucky so far. Um, my kids have been... You know, they'll go through their phases where it's just like, man, why are you watching this crap? But, uh, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Oh, man. But then, uh, you know, they, they actually start coming around and they like, um, like my kids have watched like um, some of the Avengers movies, um, you know, like the Iron Man, uh, Captain America. Um, they've watched the first Guardians movie. Um, but, uh, you know, my daughter's still a little too young for that. But my two boys, they've watched that. And, uh, you know, they like that kind of stuff. They've watched the different superhero TV shows. So it's 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 been pretty good. They haven't been too much on the, the TV shows that are just, like, absolutely brutal. So, yeah, I've been real lucky. Oh, the one that they've been watching a lot recently is this animated Garfield. It's, uh, it's probably on something on the fire stick. Okay. And so I don't know if it's Netflix or if it's on Amazon, but it's brutal. It's it's really bad. Like the, really? the the writing in it is just terrible. And it's it it feels like the Garfield that I watched when I was a kid. Like they okay. took those same writers from like the late 80s early 90s and just brought them up to 2018 and they're still telling the same <laughs> semi-racist jokes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like watching, I'm like, this oh, is man. so dog shit. But like, the, they're uh-huh. all they're all into it, and so like, I try and keep my darkness to myself with it because it's like, <laughs> all right, yeah, I liked Garfield when I was younger. Yeah, I, just I, I can't get down with it today. It's like, oh, that know. sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm glad my kids don't watch that then. Oh god, but... it's so horrifying now that like it makes me ashamed that I liked it when I was a kid. <laughs> Man, the only thing I really remember about Garfield was just lasagna and Odie. Yeah, yeah. That was that's all I remember. But yeah, I remember watching the they they used to have that on uh, was it Saturday mornings? They had Garfield, and then it had like some like uh, a barnyard short yes. or something like that. Yeah, I remember that's, that. Yeah, wasn't it like like U.S. Acres or something like that? Something like that. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to let me know. Somebody please message. Somebody's listening to this and being like, how do you not remember what that was, you fucks? Yeah, you'll get correction Tuesday. (laughs) Stop what you're doing and message me and tell me what that was. Because I remember shit about it. I remember there was fucking pig. There was a pig. There was like, yeah, there was a chicken. There was like, um, wasn't there like a worm that somebody was always getting after? And he was kind of. Oh, probably too. Yeah, Yeah, he was kind of like an asshole worm. But at the same time, it's like, well, he's trying to not get eaten. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, speaking of that. Have you ever watched, uh, like your kids ever watch a show called Larva on Netflix? No, no, I've never oh, heard dude. of that one. All right, talk about, th- yeah, this is kind of mind-numbing, but at the same time, it's it's almost kind of funny. I mean, it's it's like these different larvae of bugs, and they're just like, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. Like they're constantly trying to not get smashed and they're trying to get eaten but uh just the different shit they go through is just like it, it could be really really funny but at sometimes you're just like why are you watching this 
and there's there's no there's no like words it's just these different bugs screaming at different pitches and it's like what the fuck is this but at the same time it's like a train wreck you you gotta watch it it's just like okay this that that was actually funny but man damn this sucks i mean it's yeah it's it's a weird show and but yeah that was uh they don't watch that one too often thank god but uh yeah i've been been pretty lucky with what they watch um I'm trying to think of the the show that they just uh, just got done. Oh, Troll Hunters! Have you watched Troll Hunters? Yeah, I was Joe? just gonna bring Troll Hunters up. I was just gonna say every once in a while my kids will turn me on to something that at first I was like, eh, I don't think I'll like that, but then I'll end up loving it. And Troll oh, Hunters yeah. is the first one that always comes to mind. Yeah, dude that that was a great show. I can't wait for the next season, man. That was that was really good. My kids started watching that, and it's just like, all right, let's let's rewatch this one from the beginning. I actually kind of dig this. Yeah. And do you know that's Anton Yelchin doing the voice of Jim? No, I didn't. Yeah. And he had recorded one more season of it before he passed. Oh, so wow. I'm pretty sure he'll be voicing Jim in the in the third season as well. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool, man. I mean, uh first season is twenty six episodes, second season's thirteen, and the third season will likely be thirteen again. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I did I didn't even pay attention to the credits, but damn. Yeah, that's got a pretty stellar cast as far as voices go. Yeah, oh, I know it's got uh, Kelsey Grammer in it, and uh, I I thought I saw that Mark Hamill was in it too. He did a, a voice. Yep, yep, he did the voice of Dictatius in season two. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, that's that's pretty good voice cast, man. <laughs> I think Lena Headey's got a voice in it too, maybe. All right, cool, cool. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's got a lot of good ones in it. it. That's just a fun show. I mean, you can definitely tell there's moments in episodes where you're like, okay, this is this is for little kids. Yeah. But then yeah. there's moments where like the the darkness level will go up in it, and you're like, wow, this this feels like it's more for for adults, you know? Yeah, yeah. They definitely they they tow that line pretty good in there. It's 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 a definitely a kids show, but adults can definitely watch that. I love that show. But yeah, that was that was a good one, and it might have even been you that recommended. I remember seeing it on the Leftover Army uh, Facebook page. Someone posted about it, and that's you know my kids had been watching. I'm like, all right, well, well I'll give it a chance, and I started watching. I'm like, all right, we're watching this from the beginning. So that was that was really <laughs> <Nice>. good. So <laughs> yeah, it's got um, a cool mythology to it. Um, I've got a three inch character, a Kanjigar, on my desk at work. Oh, it's nice! Really detailed and everything, and he's he's got like the daylight sword down into the ground in front of him and everything. It's fucking cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and my kids. It was my kids' toy, but I just found it on the floor <laughs> for like the third time in a row, and I was like, "You're coming with me, Kanjigar." That's right. <laughs> yeah, like, my kids got a few like Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these yeah. are like the. It's not really a Funko Pop, but I think it's like a Funko Mini or something like that. But it right, yeah. the big bulbous head and dead shark eyes. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, Funko Pops. Dude, I appreciate the level of detail that goes into those. I just wish they didn't have that gimmick with the big stupid shaped head. Yeah, um, I got into Funko Pops a little bit, and now it's like to the point where it's just like, ah, <laughs> they're cool and all, but not for me anymore. But I don't know. They, they were, they're, they're, they're detailed, but yeah, they just 
kind of freaky at the same time like that look in their eye it's like are they gonna kill me at night or something man i don't know <laughs> it but, makes me think of quint and jaws talking about <laughs> sharks like yeah, dead eyes yep, exactly eyes. It's like, yeah, funko pop eyes those are great white sharks have <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly man they don't have any pupils man they're always looking at you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like yeah. old renaissance paintings that people thought were haunted because no oh, god the angle you stood at it looked like the dude in the painting was looking at you <laughs> yeah dude my <laughs> my grandma had this one picture it was a jesus and that thing the eyes would just follow you it's like man i i i know that's not uh i'm turning that thing around <laughs> yeah. oh man the eyes on that thing used to freak me out <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, hey, Joe, tell me yes, about sir. your book. Tell me about your book, dude, because uh, what, what's that? I saw on there on uh, the Facebook page that you had uh, your book. What's that? What was that about? Okay, yeah, it's called I Become Death. And mm-hmm. it is it takes place 10 years after a zombie apocalypse. And right. humanity is kind of figured out about in that, you know, 10 years, they've figured out a bunch of different tactics that work. They've got one section of the country that they've kind of started to clear and expand out. And oh, what's badass. funny is that um, I actually wrote this. I finished it in the fall of 2009 and it was right before I got into rock climbing. And when I got into climbing, like it turned into a full blown fucking obsession and <laughs> I didn't pursue any other hobbies. And so that book just sat for 10 years on a flash drive in my sock drawer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And, um, but so so the funny part is that this organization that is like kind of clearing all these lands is called Hydra in the book. <laughs> and then when I started reading Marvel comics, because <laughs> I was oh, never a big Marvel reader yeah. when, when I was younger. I was a DC reader. But then okay. when I started reading different Marvel comics, I was like, Hydra, they're bad guys. Oh, well, they're kind of good guys. My book. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if this go. is like almost some weird alternate Marvel reality that I didn't know I was tapping into. <laughs> I just spent yeah. time actually thinking about it. I'm like, no, no. Because it, it was more like I was inspired to call it Hydra because of – um uh, because of, number one, the, the Greek mythology of the Hydra, okay. you know, it was always cool to me. Yeah. But then also, did you ever watch Lost? Oh, God, yeah. I love Lost. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that one station they found that was called the Hydra. Mm-hmm. And so that had always stuck in my head. And I liked the logo with it and everything. And I had had this thought of, okay, so what if there was this company that had kind of come up and they figured out how to fight you know, kind of the undead and they needed to organize people around it. And so each head of the Hydra is a different division of like their military police. And like, they would all have different, um, you know, like, uh, like the Greek alphabet, like alpha Bravo, you know, all the way up to gamma. And so it'd be seven layers, seven heads on this Hydra. And so the higher up you go, the more intense it gets. Whereas like alpha is pretty much just like a security within like cleared areas, like more like police, are right now whereas gamma like the pinnacle of it they're the ones who actually go out into cities that haven't been cleared yet they go like door to door kicking down doors taking care of any zombies that are still left in these cities and then you know like 
basically doing it like quadrants at a time, doing multiple sweeps, trying to get everything taken care of. So then that can then be brought into the cleared lands that Hydra has. And so they just keep pushing out like in all directions that they can. Right. Okay. And so that was the first idea of, of the book. And then from there I was like, okay, well, what would this gamma team do? Like what, what would really be throwing them for a loop? Okay. Well, let's see if you're operating in like kind of say the Northern half of the, of what would have been the United States, it gets brutally cold in the winter time. So any zombies that are out there, they're going to freeze solid, right? right? So you can go out and do all sorts of stuff in the winter time. Just take sledgehammers with you and just start cracking zombie <laughs> heads open. You know, yeah. I mean, it's going to break like a frozen cantaloupe. Oh, and then yeah. when it thaws out, no brain activity, zombies gone, right? So they can do, do a lot of stuff in the winter time. And that's kind of one of the big things that humanity had figured out. You know, down the further south you go, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty much. They're, they're pretty much just always there. But but for where my book was taking place, like the winter kind of really played into it. And then I had this thought of, okay, well, that means that if there was a complete societal breakdown like that, there's going to be people that will rise up in that power vacuum and will seize power and do it in a bad way. I mean, you can see it right now. It's just, unfortunately, it's just part of human nature. Right. You, know, you see that shit in third world countries and shit all the time with warlords and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so I had this thought of, okay, well, what if, what if this warlord, he kind of knows the way Hydra operates and the way that Hydra would be able to sneak up on him is to attack in the middle of summer because nobody in their right mind is going to go and traverse all this freaking uncleared territory in the middle of summer when there's freaking zombies around everywhere. And so that's what this gamma team's mission is, is they have to escort this assassin through uncleared territory and get him to this little, this little town that's nestled up in the mountains and basically get him there alive so that he can take out this warlord. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of backstory in it as well, because the main leader of the gamma team was previously like a member of the assassin wing, which would be like the Delta Head okay. that, like nobody talks about because that's kind of like the the covert like CIA, yeah, you know, type one. They deal with assassinations and shit like that. Yeah, like SEAL Team Six that exists but it doesn't exist type stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, like the the they are the badass motherfuckers. <laughs> and, nice. And so this this dude, this assassin, like he, like he kind of grew up looking up to the main character Frank, and so it's Gabriel and Frank, and so Gabriel has kind of got something to prove. And so he's like, you know, no, we don't need to do this as a team. I, I'm, you know, I can do this shit. I can go take out this guy. And he goes into town, gets himself in trouble. And so then Frank and his team then have to go in and kind of help get him, like liberate him as well as the town. And okay. so, yeah, as the story builds, like it, it's like, it's really fast paced. Like it's just bang, bang, bang. It just goes. All and, right, cool. um, I'm definitely going to check that out, man. Yeah. Right on, dude. Cool. Um, I, I had a lot of fun writing it, and it's 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 a quick read too. It's just under twenty five thousand words. So as far as novels go, it's 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 pretty slim, but um, it, it tells a it tells a complete story, and it's one of those things where I I had had ideas of where it would go after that, but mm-hmm. um, my most recent writing project since I had um, uh, Doug Wagner on the podcast a few episodes ago, and, and he was talking. Uh, comics and stuff with me i'd been kicking around the idea of writing a comic for the long for the longest time but i'd never actually pulled the trigger on it yeah well i started writing one oh, after, nice. after having dug on because i was inspired 
And I was cool. like, all right, just, just freaking do it. And it's, it's weird because I've got a lot of experience in writing, you know, just like creative writing and mm-hmm. you know, like novel form, like short stories, that sort of stuff. Whereas writing a comic, I mean, you're writing a script. Right. Yeah. And, and so just trying to get into that headspace and, and I've got the first draft of the first issue done and I'll probably have to go through and trim it out a bit. It's, it's probably a bit wordy for a comic yet, but I mean, that's just from me coming from a creative writing yeah. side, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I've got the whole first story arc all outlined out. I know where it's going to go and I know where the next 10 issues after that would go as well. Nice. Well, sign me up for that too, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, oh, I've been having so much fun being creative with that because that's an, like an idea for a story that I've been kicking around for years as well. Because before I wrote, I become death, I had wrote, written this, this um, manuscript called fall of the Republic. That was like um, a fantasy story where there was this one sheltered, well, there was like this big battle that had happened. And afterwards, a lot like the population of this kingdom kind of split where about half the population followed, you know, this one leader up into the mountains and they were never seen from again. Well, thousands of years later, you come to find out, okay, they found a pass through and they found these big sheltered valleys and they existed there without any magic at all. And so since they didn't have magic as a crux, they actually developed science. And so there's this technically advanced civilization that is nestled in these mountains that hasn't had contact with the world it came from in thousands of years. And the world outside of that is still kind of continued along that path of degradation because it was kind of a world in decline. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I don't know that, that story got bogged down. Like I wrote like a hundred thousand words on that (laughs) one, (laughs) but I mean, it was kind of a muddied story and it had some great ideas in it, but then I'd thought forever about the next story that would have taken place after that. And that's what this comic is where this one person that was from this, this uh, it's called the verdant valleys leaves and um okay so kind of the one thing i left out of that other one to kind of talk about what this next comic will be or what the comic will be is it centers around this main character named eric now the the religion in this book is that they like the it would be a uh poly polytheism the polytheism right where it's just one guy or right monotheism not poly's many gods mono would be just one god and so they call that the creator and during this war that had happened thousands of years before there was this priestess of like the religion of the creator Mm -hmm. that had she had felt her power starting to wane and so she had this thirst for power and so she started dabbling in other magical arts and stuff and she actually seduced this king and talked him into taking his army up north and attacking this other people because there was these tales of this city that these people had had that was up in the mountains that nobody knew where it was, but there was all these magical artifacts in it. And in her conquest with all these people dying, just this lowly monk was given the full powers of the creator like the creator saw what was going on and he just imbued this monk with the full scope of his powers basically everything with the exception of being able to like create life oh wow that that actually sounds really cool yeah that sounds like something i'd totally totally read (laughs) dude it's like i i've thought up like thousands of years of history (laughs) 
<laughs> of this. And so telling this story now, um, every 500 years, this power splits off because it was too much power. The, that first monk that got it, his name was Ian. And so now okay. thousands of years later, they refer to him as Saint Ian. Well, Saint <laughs> Ian was driven crazy by getting the full scope of this power. So okay. basically 500 years of it, of him being fucking insane. Then the creator took half of that power away and gave it to another monk. And so every 500 years, the pl- the power goes from the older one and just goes to like a newborn baby. Right. And okay, so it yeah. generally happens in the priesthood. And so they're able to then raise up this baby and teach him and everything. Well, the seventh one along the line, the predecessor felt his power leave but there was no newborns like on the island. And so they're like, where is he? We know he's been born. And then like a dozen years later or so, an orphan kid comes to the island and then they start to realize that maybe this is the one. And some events happen to where they realize, okay, this is definitely the kid that was chosen. But because of what happened, he can't stay here on the island. It would be way too big of a distraction. And so the the abbot at the island uh this dude named ander st james he just tells him you know you're you just need to follow your own path because you were not born here you were here long enough to learn a little bit from us but now your path has taken you away it's obvious that the creator doesn't want you to be here and so eric realizes that he's going to go west and so he goes out this path that the people had originally come into these valleys from thousands of years before and goes out into the forest where that original battle had taken place and he meets some of the peoples out there and it's yeah i I don't want to give too much more away after (laughs) that but that's basically like the thrust of where my book's called the unscarred oh that sounds awesome yeah because eric is he's incapable of of being harmed like that is basically the only sort of harm that could come to him would be like of the mental damage variety Okay. But like his his body is like he's he's basically born into a thousand years of servitude to the creator, but then right. after his power moves on, still he had a thousand years with the power of like basically God coursing through his veins, and so he he can never die. Like he will never die. He won't ha- he won't be as powerful anymore after a thousand years. But it's pretty cool, and I even know where where all the other people that had had that power where they've gone off to and everything after that, and that'll. F- feature in and future arcs i know larger villains that are like in southern countries that are further away i know the histories of the different countries that are outside the republic and the different warring peoples and what their beef is and, that's awesome oh my god in the second story arc i can't wait to tell the fucking story of this hidden city and stuff that's up in the mountains and that's yeah, so, it that's really cool man dude i i haven't been so geeked on creativity in like a decade and it's so <laughs> fun it's so much fun but yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude that is awesome this oh, like, i didn't uh, mean to just toot my own horn for like 15 minutes there <laughs> oh no dude shit it's your podcast dude that's awesome no dude i've been playing like uh like D with my kids and it's like i'm coming up with stuff from there and it's like i'm having like a big creativity spark just doing all that it's just like man it's it's so much fun world building and you know coming up with all this uh, mythology and stuff and uh i'm having a blast with that so i know exactly i've never played D, like. but it that sounds oh, like dude, it'd it's be so fun. much fun it's so much fun <laughs> I, I had i haven't played in man it had to be 25 years or so probably since i was in grade school and uh like my kids just 
all of a sudden one day are just like they wanted to play D and D and they're looking through some of my old second edition stuff. And, uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. And we ended up going to a, a local board game shop that had a D and D, uh, night and we started playing and now it's like we're playing it over at that board game shop. We go to a comic book shop uh, every once in a while. We play in the Adventure League that they got. Plus, we play at home every once in a while. It's just like, man, it's it's a blast. And the kids are having so much fun doing like, you know, it's a lot of problem solving, a lot of math. And it's it's been really cool. And just to see a uh, an 11-year-old and 9-year-old just like geek out over that kind of stuff. It's it's really really like just so cool. So it's we've been just like having a, a great time. So yeah, it's it's definitely something you should check out at least once. I go to like a comic book store and if they have like uh, an Adventure League night or something, I mean, you could just hop right in those and you don't have to really even know what you're doing because it seems like it's a it's a pretty welcoming community at least where i'm from where you know even if you don't know shit i mean you can hop in and they'll help you out they'll help you design a character you don't know what you're doing they'll they'll walk you through everything and it's it's been it's been a lot of fun just you know doing all that kind of stuff and it's it's uh it's pretty cool. So, but yeah, like I, I was saying, man, it, just the, um, the creativity that you can get from just the world building and making like, um, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's definitely opened up a, a whole new way of thinking for me when it comes to, you know, like doing some like creative writing and stuff. So I'm having fun with that. So I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, and, and I love doing things that foster creativity in my kids. Yeah. It's so much fun. And, and they're so good about using their imaginations anyway. Oh, yeah. Kids are great with that, man. They love imagination. I mean, as long as you know they're not playing on uh, the computers or uh, video games and stuff, I mean, let them use their imagination. Let them go play outside for a while. But you know, keep them away from the electronic leashes every once in a while, but <laughs> yeah, you know. they, they're, kinda, they're, they're pretty good at taking breaks on that. Like they spend a lot of time playing video games, but yeah. then they'll also do lots of downtime where they'll, you know, each have like a couple different plushies in their hands and they're like yeah. <laughs> getting like these intense storylines and everything going with them. And <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome though, man. I love like, like my kids, man, they, they get outside and they start playing and stuff and just watching them. It's like, man, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> it's it's cool though. I mean, I'm I'm glad that you know they're they're not sitting all day long behind uh you know behind a screen and stuff. But yeah, that's that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed with Dungeons and Dragons that they've been been doing that. So yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely remember doing lots of like imaginative stuff like that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's pretty cool seeing it because with me, I got two boys, and so mm-hmm. just seeing the way they interact with each other is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My two oldest are boys, so it's it's definitely watching those two. It's yeah, I know, definitely know that man. 
those two, I mean, one minute they'll be punching each other. The next minute they're playing some game or something. And exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking a madhouse, dude. Oh, I know. It's, I've said it before. It's like, you know, trying to herd a bunch of drunk midgets around trying to, you know, get the house in order. It's like, what the hell, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, awesome. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So do you you read much for comics then? You know, I'm just starting to get back into comics. Um, it, probably around the same time that I really kind of got out of Dungeons and Dragons and all that was like shortly after I got out of comics. Um, I got more into music and stuff, but now um, I'm just starting like um, I went to a, uh, a local comic book shop and they it was like a the small little convention in our area and this comic book shop had a buy 10 comics for a dollar, get 90 free. So oh. it's like, yeah, it was pretty badass. So I ended up walking out with a huge stack of comics and, uh, I'll say, yeah, <laughs> you got a so, hundred comics for like 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Yep. Woo. Yep. It was, I mean, a lot of them are, um, uh, like a lot of Marvel comics and, you know, they're in the middle of story arcs and stuff. So it's, you know, I'm flipping through it. It's like, okay, well, I don't really know what's going on, but you know, I'm catching up on stuff, but I picked up a couple image comics that were pretty cool. Um, like there was one that was called skull kickers. Um, I think I was from Jim Zub and, uh, that one really kind of piqued my interest. And, um, I picked up a couple more of those, um, when I was actually at another comic book store, found some of the older issues and stuff. And, uh, that was pretty neat. And then, um, I'm just kind of like, you know, listening to you guys on, uh, the number one, uh, comic podcast, uh, trying to get some ideas. I was gonna, I was actually looking for oblivion song, wanted to pick that up, but the place I was at didn't have it. Um, Oh no, they were sold out. They, yeah, they were sold out of that one. Oh dude. So yeah, I ended up picking up, uh, the realm. Um, oh, realms. Great. I, yeah. So I'm going to start reading that. Um, I got a couple of the, uh, the saga, the, uh, the, you know, the graphic novels and stuff. So. Oh, sweet. I've, Have you started saga yet? Yeah. I finished the first two. Those were, those are pretty damn dude. It is. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's a good story. Yeah. I mean, can you believe that it can, <clears throat> the, the artwork and the character design and some of the themes and stuff in it are so out there. But yeah. at the same time, like, especially if you have a family, like, you can relate to it so much. Yep, yep. Like, I mean... They, they're it, doing something really special with that book. It's, yeah. it's it's in a league of its own. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting further along on that. It's, um, I was even telling my brother, my brother's been huge into comic books since we were kids, and he never got out. And I was telling him about it, and he's like, oh, I got to check that out. So I gave him the first two. And I'm waiting to hear what he thinks about them. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one that uh, I'll be picking up more of. It's, uh, yeah, just, it's insane. I never would have, uh, the storyline, it, it's really good. But, yeah, that one, that one has definitely been a, a top, top uh, comic for me so far. Yeah, dude, so. issue 50 just came out on Wednesday. Oh yeah. Oh man, I'll check that one out then. Well, I'll I'll wait and 
keep working my way up until I catch up. <laughs> but, it, so it, issue 50 is the second issue in the newest story arc, I believe. Okay. So yeah, that, that last trade, if it's not out already, it should be out really soon. Image is usually pretty good about getting those out quick. Yeah. I think I just, I just got the third one. I haven't started that one yet. So once I start the third one, and then what, what five issues a piece or something like that, I think. Yeah, it's usually most 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 writers tend to stick to that five, but sometimes you'll have yeah. different ones where it'll be four, or it'll be six, or or even seven sometimes. Yeah. And so I mean, yeah, it's man, Saga's just. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I had heard you and uh, Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers talking about it, and that's uh, that was kind of one that was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just starting to get back into comics. Let's let's check this one out and. That one really kind of set it off, and it was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" So, but yeah, I'm I'm digging that one a lot, and uh, I'm I'm gonna start Realm. Um, uh, what else have I been into lately? Um, I just picked up another one. It was uh, uh, something like Hungry Ghosts or something like that from Anthony Bourdain. He did. Uh, it's Anthony like a Bourdain f- wrote a comic. He's actually got a couple comics. Wow, how about um, that? Yeah, so it, this one, it's... Uh, it's. Um, I just read the synopsis. Uh, it, they basically take like a... Uh, it's a samurai tradition of where they light like 100 candles and they put a mirror in front of the whoever's telling the story. And when they get done with the story, they have to look at the mirror to make sure they haven't been prese- possessed by a spirit and then blow out a candle. And they're, you know, telling like ghost stories and stuff. Well, this one all revolves around like food with the chefs. And uh, they're sitting there, they're telling like, you know, food ghost stories. And then they're, you know, blowing out the candles and the mirror and stuff. So I just picked up the first issue and I got to check that one out. But that one kind of like piqued my interest because I love Anthony Bourdain. He's just a, you know, crass individual who just, I love that stuff, He's a man. He's guy. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's different. <laughs> and it's, I always liked watching his shows just because, I mean, he, he seems like such a prick, but at the same time, he's honest and just seems like just like really cool. So it's like, I don't know, man. But he, he'd be someone that I definitely want to hang out with. So. Oh, right. But, I mean, that would be yeah. an interesting hang. He's into oh, weird stuff, yeah. too. He's like a purple belt in jiu-jitsu now, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, I mean, he does jujitsu. He's he's like big into like you know the old New York punk rock, and I mean, it's just you know he was a former drug addict, and it's just like man, the stories this dude can tell. And plus, right. I don't have you ever read any of his books? No, I've never read any of his books, but I bet they're good. Oh, dude, they're real good. I got a couple of them, and I mean, he's he's a really really you know smart person. And, uh, you know, I enjoy reading that, that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was, when I saw he did a comic, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to pick this up, see, see what this is all about. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it. It's only a four part, um, four part series. And I think the first one, it came out in January and I think the last one comes out either probably, I think next month, I think in April, I, I know it was 
uh, I was just reading about it. It was done. They finished the whole series, like writing and drawing and stuff like last year, but they're just like putting them out like, you know, one after another. And I think they're doing it like one a month and it should be done, I think, next month. So I'm going to I'm going to go back and, you know, if if the first one's good, because like I said, I haven't I haven't checked it out yet, but. You know, I bought it, and I'm I'm looking forward to reading that one. That'll probably be tonight or something. But uh, yeah, that one that one should be interesting. I mean, you know, can't really go wrong with you know food horror stories and comic books. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love horror comics, man. There, <laughs> I like horror comics more than I like say horror movies. Yeah, so I just I just do like horror comics. Like really speak to me. There, there's some interesting stuff. Like in that first issue of number one comic books, we talked about the first issue of um, uh, Gideon Falls, and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see where that's going to go because that had some creepy shit and some really interesting world building in that first issue. So I'm really looking forward to that next one. That'll be out pretty soon too. All right, cool. I'll check that one out too. That's not, that's not the one written by Pornsack, was it? <laughs> no, Pornsack's infidel. And that one was pretty good, too. But, you yeah. know, like, like we were saying, that that was an issue, too, in number one comic books. We were talking about that is that it does come off a little bit preachy. Yeah. But, but dude, the, the ghost design in that, like, it is fucked up. Like, what, one of my guilty pleasure movies that it's like, it's not a great movie, but I like the character design of the ghosts in it is the movie 13 Ghosts. Okay. And like like the ghosts in Infidel are creepier than that. No oh, jeez. And so it's like, yeah, I mean because there was some fucked up stuff in 13 Ghosts with the way they look. I I granted, yeah. I haven't seen it in years. I don't right, know yeah. how well she holds up in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I saw that when it first came out, but I don't I don't remember if I've revisited that one or not. But Yeah, dude, I went and saw it in the theater because I'm pretty sure that they said it was by the same people who did the house on haunted hill. Okay. That's like my, my number one guilty pleasure (laughs) kind of bad horror movie, (laughs) but it's got all the elements in it that I love. Like one of my favorite themes in in a horror uh, or like a a ghost story with a house is the being trapped in the house and like where the house won't let you out. Okay. I, I just like that theme. Like it's, it freaks me the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. And and also the first time I ever watched House on Haunted Hill, like I think it was just me and a buddy and we were out in a, a cabin and it was approaching winter. So it was cold as shit in there. And so we're just like huddled on this couch, just like watching this movie that he had on a VHS tape and it was House on Haunted Hill. And we were all fucked up. And I remember there was points <laughs> in that movie where it was like my heart just like stopped. And it's just like, ah, it's like it like imprinted on my psyche. Yeah. And, but in, in reality, it's like, this is probably a pretty bad movie. <laughs> yeah. That's, looking back, and it probably wasn't the smartest idea to watch that either in a cabin out there either. So, I mean, but no, that's, that's cool, man. I got to check that one out too. But I mean, anything written by a dude named Porn Sack. I mean, <laughs> dude, every time you guys were saying that, I was just laughing. It's like people at work were probably just staring at me, like, "What? What are you laughing at?" <laughs> yeah, and like, and I don't know if it's an Indian name or Indonesian or something like that. It's, I think it's from over in that part of the world. Is that 
but yeah, I don't know. I should I should do more research on it. I sound like a fucking idiot, but <laughs> too late. <laughs> I, live, I live my life looking like an idiot, so whatever. <laughs> hey. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I know how that goes. Well, it's like my mouth just moves faster than my fucking brain sometimes. Oh, hell yeah. And so, yeah. And it's one of those things where I'll like be taking a shower and I'll randomly think of something I said that was super embarrassing 13 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, why does my brain work like this? Nobody else remembers this. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, I'll be... I'll have a conversation with someone and then I'll sit back like, you know, a little bit, a little bit later. I was like, Oh dude, why did I say that? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? So I probably came off looking like a tool. <laughs> oh, well. but. oh, oh man. Before I forget about it, when we were talking about Anthony Bourdain and chefs mm-hmm. and stuff, did you see that like viral thing that, that happened this week where the vegans were protesting in front of some place, no. and so the chef took like a whole deer leg, and he went right up in the front window, right behind the protesters. No, <laughs> Dude, I missed cutting that. the deer leg apart and breaking it down. <laughs> that guy's I, my fucking hero. Did I gotta watch that? <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! They're like holding up meat as murder signs and shit. And this guy's like set up, especially in the front window, and it's like, yeah, like <laughs> I don't have a problem with people being vegetarian. I don't have a problem with people being vegan. I do have a proper problem with people protesting for fucking stupid shit. Oh, I do too. And it's like, if you're going to hold up a sign in front of me that says meat is murder, it's like, yeah, I'm going to eat twice as much meat that day. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. When I was uh, back in high school, I was in a uh, a punk band and we we had vegan friends and stuff like that. But our big song was smash vegan scum. And that's what we sang about was, you know, basically eating meat and driving big trucks and running over protesters. But that's punk rock, right? Oh, dude. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Hey, whatever. But it was, it was, you know, all in fun. It was a joke, but uh, yeah, people might've taken it the wrong way, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, So what did you do in the band? I played bass. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, it wasn't very good, but, you know, I, I tried, so. I flirted <laughs> with the bass guitar, and what was it? So, I think in fifth grade, we could start playing instruments, and so in fifth and sixth grade, I got stuck with a trombone, which sucked. <laughs> and then in seventh and eighth grade, I was not in band, but the seventh and eighth grade band teacher was also the jazz band teacher for high school, and he knew that his bass guitar player was going to be leaving, and so he was trying to get somebody to play bass guitar. And so I took lessons with him for a little bit until I kind of realized that, like, the direction that he was wanting to go with was stuff I would have to play. Like, I just wasn't interested in playing it. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to play like the different uh, Rage Against the Machine songs that oh, I was yeah. listening to at the time. Yep. And so, yeah, so right away I was like, you know, adios, Mister Clark, and I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got on whatever rudimentary form of the internet I had at the time and found uh base tablature sheets and yep. actually learned how to play like a handful of different raging some machine songs and shit. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was in uh high school band and uh, you know, the, yeah, I didn't take band in grade school and stuff. And I went to a, uh, a Catholic high school that was actually known for their band. So uh freshman year going in, you had your choice between, um, you know, you could take gym, you could take art, you could take band, or you could take speech. And I'm just like, well, 
you know, I'm, I'm already, you know, doing sports. So I, you know, maybe I'll take Jim, but then I was like, ah, you know, I want to take, take band cause they have a bass guitar. So, you know, I was talking to the, uh, to the band director and I'm just like, Hey, uh, yeah, I want to play bass guitar. He's like, okay, yeah, we have one that's in marching band, but you got to play stand up, ba- uh, stand up bass in, uh, um, the concert band. So I'm like, okay, you know, that can't be much different. So, you know, start the school year, they give me this big stand-up bass to play and concert band, and I'm just like, fuck this, man. I don't want to play this shit. So <laughs> Those are those ones that are like seven feet tall, right? Oh, hell yeah, dude. So I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to play this thing, and, uh, you know, it didn't work out so well. And, you know, I was bringing my – I had a bass guitar that my parents bought me for Christmas that year. So I'm bringing that, and I'm playing that in all the practice rooms, and – Finally, the uh, the band teacher just pulls me aside. He goes, "Yeah, we're uh, we're we're not gonna have you back next year. You're gonna have to play something else. Uh, you're gonna either have to do that or go to one of the other electives because uh, you're more interested in the electric stuff." And I was like, "Well, yeah, that's why I joined. I don't want to play this shit, <laughs> Dick. What a dream. Yeah, pretty you're, much. You're not so. conforming to my ideals." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I got kicked out of band, so oh that's, well. That, that's the road to punk rock, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Forming a punk rock band and <laughs> in a Catholic school is that yeah, was fun. Good times. <laughs> what were some of your early punk rock influences? Um, you know, I like Bad Religion. Um, Bad Religion was probably one of my biggest influences. Just loved the way those guys did it. But uh, the Ramones, um, you know, they were just so simple. But yet they they just, I don't know, like the beats and the harmony that they had, I always loved. Um, Dropkick Murphys were just coming out. And, uh, you know, they had like that whole Irish punk thing going on. So I loved those guys. Um Man, there's so many. Um, but, I mean, we were kind of like a, uh, you know, hardcore punk, you know, rocking band. And <clears throat> we had we had a lot of fun. It was, uh, we, we played for a good solid year. And uh, then, you know, some of us went to, well, one of us went to the Air Force. Uh, one of us went to college. And then the rest of us just kind of went to work. And just that was that. So that's it was like that Brian Adams song. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a good time while it lasted. We we played uh, at a couple different colleges and stuff. We played a uh, lot of different local punk rock clubs, and it was a good time. It was uh, definitely learned a lot, and uh, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But. Uh, I just recently bought a bass again and just, re- you know, realized how much I suck. So, <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, I, I remember years ago, a buddy had an extra five string one that he didn't really play as much because he preferred his four string one. And so mm-hmm. he let me borrow that. And yeah, I remember that being like, wow, <laughs> I can't do fucking shit anymore. I can play like a, uh, like a, a real standard blues riff. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I'm capable yeah. of anymore. It's fucking terrible. I could still like play the Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, we uh, 
actually the bass that I had, I had a, uh, uh, what the hell brand was it? It was, it was a nice bass that, uh, I sent away for it. It was like a custom, custom bass. I can't even, uh, Warwick. It was a Warwick bass. And, uh, I'm sitting there playing on stage one night and all of a sudden the, uh, uh, the G string broke on it. Or I don't remember which string it was. It was the whatever the smallest <laughs> string was. Um, yeah, whatever the smallest string was on it. And uh, so I only had three strings on it, and you know, you know, barely could afford the amp that I had at the time. You know, I'm in high school, and you know, whatever. So I just started playing with three strings, and that was, you know, basically the rest of the the my punk rock career was just a three string bass. Ah. So. That's like some presidents of the United States. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it was just Wasn't like, that yeah. the weirdness they had? Was they like guitar had like four yeah. strings on it and their bass yeah, and they had the like three had two. or something like yeah, that? Something two, like, early yeah. two? Yeah, I think it was two. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty much like that. But you know, it broke on stage one night and I'm just like, yeah, I don't really need that one. So, but <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Oh, I will definitely be singing Peaches and Lump to my kids tomorrow <laughs> in the car. And I'll be yeah. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I remember when I was in middle school, I listened to uh, a cassette copy of Henry Rollins' The Boxed Life. Okay. So that was just like one of his stand up, or his, it was spoken word. Yeah, spoken stuff. word stuff. And so I was like a huge Henry Rollins fan for a long time. And then I, I, I heard his Get in the Van album where he was just reading excerpts of his uh, journals that he wrote in when he was in mm-hmm. Black Flag. Yeah. And so then I was like, all right, fuck, I've heard the name Black Flag a bunch of times. I got to listen to this. And, uh, dude, I bought the Damaged album and then okay. really quickly bought every album that Rollins did vocals on. Yeah. So I was a huge Black Flag um, nut for a while. Nice. And, yeah. yeah, their live album, Who's Got the Ten and a Half, is so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a standard with punk man, but Black Flag was was always you know Henry Rollins. His stuff's just classic. But have you heard? Um, uh, he he did a uh, a podcast. I want to say it was with uh, Joe Rogan, and uh, you know I I I've listened to some of his spoken word stuff, but just man, he was talking and he was in. Um, was it North Korea, I think, or something? He's telling this story. And it's like, dude, this this dude can talk. He's pretty damn damn good. Dude, Rollins is great. Like, yeah. I've got a shit ton of, <laughs> of his spoken word. I'm talking like gigabytes of it. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, it's... It it kind of formed my psyche from a young age. I was like, like Rollins was like my mentor that I never met. <laughs> nice. Like I'd learn all these different life lessons from listening to this shit. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, he did a great episode with Rogan and he did another really good one on Ari Shafir's podcast. So that'd be Ari okay. Shafir's skeptic tank. Okay. And, and that episode is called not all who roam are lost. Okay. I yeah. I, believe I, I not, I, Hmm. I didn't listen to that one. It's a Tolkien quote. Yeah. Yeah. I know know which quote you're talking about. Yeah, he he talks about all that crazy shit is that like he he stays super busy with touring and stuff like that and different writing gigs. But then otherwise he's just like on this quest to like just go to different places on the map that he's never been to before. And he just kind of wanders around 
yeah. with his camera and, and he does a good job at not getting into trouble. Yeah, he's and, tell- and he takes pictures and stuff like that and then writes articles for like Rolling Stone and whatnot. And it's is a it sounds like a fascinating life, but yeah, what a weird fucking dude, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, dude. <laughs> Did you hear yeah. that bit on the Rogan one where he was talking about how like like he likes people but he also like all, almost feels like like people are like a burden to where he's like he's like my phone's ringing and he's like oh i thought you were my friend why are you calling me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like as much of the spoken word shit i've listened to i was like i was like i think he's being totally fucking candid <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's something else, man. But yeah, <laughs> I haven't I haven't listened to a whole lot of his spoken word, but that Rogan episode, it was just like, man, this dude's. I think he was talking about like he just wanted to go someplace dangerous, so he ended up going over to North Korea, and it was like, Jesus Christ, man! Like that would be like the last place I'd want to go. No shit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you go over there, it's like, chances are you're not coming out, buddy. I mean, you're you're a pretty well-known person. (laughs) Yeah, because weren't they saying that that's kind of the deal? That, like, if you go someplace like that, they, they, you know, like, they won't let you in if, like, you're a celebrity or something like that. And so he had to more play it off differently to to get let in. I think he was pretending he was, like, an Australian or something like that, if I remember right. It's like, and then he's like getting ready to get on the airplane, and they told him, uh, like his uh, tour guide or something. It's like, yeah, they know who you are. You better better leave soon. It's like, yeah, dude. yeah, because because different people were recognizing him there. And yeah, like there, there was like some other person that was kind of in the group that he was with. Yeah, that, that were like kept like wanting to like get his autograph or something like that, and he was trying to like tell the guy, you know, hey, you need to fuck off man <laughs> yeah because <laughs> he said there yep. was like one chaperone that went around with him everywhere that just watched everything everybody did yep yeah oh fuck that's creepy man that that would be like why would you even want to do that man that's i don't know well i mean he's lived a different life so yeah i mean at this point he's like just collecting experiences yeah I mean, pretty it, much it, it sounds like he's done really well like with his money yeah. And everything so he doesn't have to worry about that sort of shit he lives simply and so at this point yeah he's just collecting experiences and and writing them and i guess he does like a radio show or something like that maybe on like sirius or npr or something i don't know i've never listened to his radio show no i could i could see him doing that but yeah i haven't listened to that but i, I could see him doing a radio show or something on sirius or yeah definitely he's he's got the Got the time to do it, so. Yeah, I love his sense of humor, too. He's a funny motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one of his spoken word ones. I don't remember which album it was on anymore, but it, if if I can somehow find this and just pull it out of thin air, I'll send it your way so you can actually hear the real version of it. All right, cool. But, but like, he's saying something to the effect of, like, like people want to know what old man Rollins thinks about when he's jerking off. <laughs> And so he's talking about how he's doing it and he's like, you know, like on a tour bus. And so he's like in a bathroom somewhere with the door locked. And he's like, he's like just standing in front of the sink with the water running for noise. <laughs> he's like, I close my eyes and I think about a bald guy covered in tattoos. He's alone. 
and he's jerking off. And I open my eyes and I look in the mirror and I see a bald guy covered in tattoos alone in a bathroom jerking off. <laughs> well, I can honestly say that's one person that I've never, <laughs> never pictured doing anything like that. So it's like, well. <laughs> Dude, he's no. got a fucking handful of funny fucking jerking off stories. Like, oh my God. No pun intended with the handful. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, you slice of a bitch. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, love music. Man. Fucking old man Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, yeah. But oh man, yeah. He's uh, he's definitely out there. But, <laughs> <laughs> just a, whew, Rollins jerking off. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Starkcast ever gone that direction. So, well, hey, that's <laughs> a first. <laughs> Oh shit. shit! Oh man. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so what are some of your other like favorite pop culture things? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I mean, you know, the comic books, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you know, craft beers a big thing with me. Oh yeah. Um, so, dude, how did you get into brewing beers? Like, I meant to ask you that when you first brought <laughs> up, and then we started talking about coffee. All right. Um. So I started, this is a a while ago, I started, um, I'll just go through this whole story. So I started playing hockey. And a big part of after we were done playing hockey was we would, you know, sit around, drink beer for five, six hours. And, uh, you know, we'd play 10 o'clock at night. So sometimes we wouldn't get home until about five o'clock in the morning because we're just drinking at the rink. And, uh, you know, it was just... We're drinking Miller Lite, Coors Light, stuff like that. So I wanted to start, you know, drinking something that actually I enjoyed drinking, you know, the taste. So I started looking at different microbreweries, and um, there's one by me. It's called Three Floyds. And uh, I bought some of their beer, and at first I was just like, oh, man, this this doesn't taste, you know, it's got like a grapefruit kind of taste in it. Well, that was from the hops, and didn't really know that. And then um, from there, it was just like I started just trying different beer. And then it was like, all right, well, I'm going to try brewing my own beer. So I started, you know, I brewed my own beer and stuff. And I did that for quite a while. And then it was just like, you know what? I'm spending more money on brewing equipment and, uh, you know, just uh, buying hops and grain. And there's so many people that can do it better than me. So I might as well just buy what they're doing. So it's like from there, it's just I end up just starting getting like experimenting and trying different different beers from so many different breweries in my area. Um, and being in the, the Chicagoland area, um, northwest Indiana, we've got some like world class breweries up here. And um, I, I know I mentioned it before, but I was writing for uh, beer websites, so I got to know a lot of these guys from from writing at at these websites and doing interviews with them and stuff. And uh, so it went from I, I was brewing beer to now I'm actually talking to professional brewers and um, you know just trying everything i can get my hands on and that uh kind of really opened up my eyes to so many you know different unique styles that are out there you know there's not just you know your 
pale ales and your lagers and your um, stouts and porters. There's, you know, beers that are naturally made to be sour using different bacteria and stuff. And then you've got um, <clears throat> like, like I'm drinking one right now. That's a, uh, it's a stout that uh, is made to taste like cream soda. And it tastes just like I'm drinking a cream soda. It's, it's pretty wild. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's from this brewery called blue Island brewing. Uh, it's called jerk store. And uh, it it tastes like I'm drinking a cream soda. It's it's pretty cool. So yeah, but it's just the the creativity in the beer scene right now is is like off the charts. And that's it's another thing that kind of you know the coffee roasting thing. I mean, a lot of that is like goes hand in hand with brewing because a lot of coffee roasters are working with breweries so it's like everything is like uh a lot of experimentation and um you know everyone's working working together and it's it's a pretty big community and um it's it's there's competition and stuff but a lot of roasters and a lot of breweries are are helping each other out with different things like, you know, I'm getting my barrels from a lot of breweries and, you know, I'm, you know, giving them coffee beans and stuff and, you know, they can use it in a stout or a porter or whatever they want to do with it. And they're giving me a barrel to, you know, age, uh, you know, coffee beans in and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and it's just, it's really just creative and enjoyable um i don't know man it's it's like a i want to say like a golden age of beverages right now i mean with you know even like there's some places that are doing like what's called like craft sodas where they're making different you know handmade sodas like i had this one uh it was a root beer and it was non-alcoholic and this thing just blew my mind. I mean, the flavors that were in it, uh, so much like vanilla flavor and, um, you know, cinnamon and maple syrup in this root beer. And it was like, holy fuck, how can you like get this much flavor? I mean, yeah, I felt like I had diabetes afterwards, but (laughs) I mean, it was, it was just like amazing. The flavor that was in this and, you know, it's like, you know, you got all this stuff going on right now and, you know, a lot of local breweries and uh, coffee roasters are doing just so much unique stuff right now. And it's it's uh, like a like I said, it's like a golden age, man, where it's it's all happening right now before it becomes I mean, yeah, it's commercial and stuff. It's getting even more commercial, but. I mean, almost every town has a brewery or, you know, some place where you can get craft beer. And now it's becoming a, a common place to have, like, if you don't have a coffee roaster, you're having a local cafe that serves, you know, a ton of different uh, local coffees. And um, it's it's so much um, 
like a, it's like a drink local movement almost um, kind of like there was like that eat local thing for a while where, you know, it was like farm to table type stuff. Well, it's kind of coming to that with beverages now with, you know, with beer, with coffee, with sodas. And uh, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's really just, it's cool. It, it, that's the best way I could put it. It's, you know, in Chicago and the suburbs, you, it's it's you can't go anywhere pretty much without being able to find some place that has either you know a, a bar brewery or coffee roaster and it's uh it's taken off and people seem to really be embracing that and that's uh you know it's it's really good so i mean there's yeah it's <laughs> it's fun yeah dude no i love so, it i i yeah. Oh yeah! I'm, number one, I'm really excited to try your coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! But like, I I I love that all this is taking off. Like, I'd never heard of craft sodas, but yeah. you know, I I love seeing people be creative and and you know, I'm I'm sure like you know, Folgers and shit like that has its place. But but I love the like you know this artistic side of it. Yeah. Is coming out and, and people taking hobbies and and getting it out there and having people really connect with that product and then having it you know blow up and and I really want to see that happen with you you know oh yeah dude like, I'm looking great. forward to to seeing it someday where it's like yeah smugglers coffee that's <laughs> that's what Dave does now yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that's his gig yeah that'd be fantastic I mean you you go to um, like I can name off like you know a couple different breweries right now that are blowing my mind with, you know, the different things that they're putting in beer and, you know, with I'm trying to do, I'm like, as far as I know, I I might not be, I'm the only coffee roaster that's focusing on barrel aging coffee in this area. So it's like, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, do something different, be creative and, um, you know, kind of be different and and do my own thing, but at the same time, do a good product that, you know, people are going to enjoy and they're going to like. And, you know, that's kind of, kind of what I want to do. I I don't want to, you know, be, I don't want to be normal. (laughs) I mean, I want to be, you know, kind of have like that punk rock edge to it. And at the same (laughs) time, you know, it's just, you know, have something that people are going to enjoy. So, and, you know, have the pop culture, uh, influence names and stuff like that too. <laughs> so that's but, awesome. Yeah. It, you get those names and the, you know, cause that, yeah. that's half the battle right there is just yeah. get people to see it and then go from seeing it to, okay, I want this. Well, and, you know, and, and those names are great. <laughs> ah, thanks. It's like, I talked to my wife, my wife's like, well, yeah, you call that one the Kraken, but you know, people don't know what it is. I'm like, well, if I called this one. Uh, the Ethiopian Yurgachev, you know, 90% of the people are going to look at this and like, what the fuck is this? I mean, they're not going to know that either. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's true coffee snobs will know that, but yeah, most, so most people. you the pretentious crowd there, right? Yeah, I'm, that's not the crowd I'm going for. I'm going for the crowd that, you know, doesn't really know a whole lot yet. I want to be like that gateway drug kind of thing, you know, to, <laughs> like, you know hook them in and, and bring it in. You know, so it's like, 
you know, they're not going to look at it and they're just going to be like, oh, it's a Guatemala Santa Clara. No, they don't give a fuck about that. You know, it's uh, Brew Hope. Oh, wow, it's a Star Wars reference. I'm going to buy that shit. I mean, exactly. That's what I'm, you know, I, I want to do something that I'm enjoying doing. I want to, you know, name the coffees off of something that I'm passionate about, you know. Like, I love The Goonies. The Goonies is one of my favorite movies. So when I could get a barrel from a brewery that named a beer off of, the Goonies, and I can make a coffee out of it. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna name it off of the Goonies, man. You know that's where I got Goondock Saints, and you know about the Rum Barrel one that I got. I call Rum Sanity. Um, it's after uh, this brewery that I got that I I got the Rum Barrel from. You know they're, I mean these guys are just like insane, and they're they're awesome. So it's like I named it after them, Rum Sanity. I mean it's just. You know the the names are are fun and creative, and you know because most people don't really care about the origin of the coffee; they just want a good cup of coffee, and that's kind of what I want to do. I mean, yeah, there are people who care if it's organic and where it's from and what farm it's from, but ninety percent of the people are going to go to you know, the grocery store and pick up their coffee or Speedway and pick up their coffee. They they don't give a flying fuck that, <laughs> you know, it's from, you know, South America or, you know, wherever. And, you know, hopefully they, they you know, I kind of strike something with them like, oh, dude, this dude likes that kind of stuff too, man. That's all right, cool. You know, that's, that's kind of what I want to do. I, I want to, you know, get people into coffee and, you know, if they want to take that next step and, you know, learn more about coffee. There's a lot of roasters out there that, uh, you know, can, you know, elevate that next step. I'll be that, you know, hey, this one, you know, he's got alcoholic uh, barrels that he's aged coffee beans in. I want to see what this tastes like, you know. So, plus the names are cool, so. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. I want to be like that, that gateway, you know, and, maybe at the same time be someone's favorite coffee and i'm not a pretentious person either so it's like you know just enjoy it if you like it you like it if you don't okay that's cool i mean i'm not gonna sit there and and judge and be preachy that you know you don't like this coffee and you're heathen because you're drinking out of a you know pot at (laughs) speedway or something man i don't care yeah I mean, it's just like I don't judge people that drink Miller Lite or Budweiser or anything like that. They all have their place and enjoy it. So as long as you're you're doing what you love, I mean, go for it. Yeah, that's that is a perfect way to put it, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. It's like you know, if you like it, you like it, man. I'm not gonna judge you for it. So yeah, dude, this is this has been too cool. like hearing you talk about all this stuff like um it really comes through in your voice that you're super passionate about it oh cool thank you yeah it's it's awesome man you should be proud of yourself thanks i'm not gonna lie i was nervous as hell man this is the first podcast i've done so i really appreciate you having me on i hope i didn't sound too much of an ass but no no not at all this has been awesome and yeah cool i mean just just listen to you i never would have guessed that this was your first podcast man you sound you sound relaxed but i mean hey this is episode 49 of Startcast, and i get nervous before almost every one of them nah nah dude you (laughs) you got that soothing npr voice that can you know just charm people man so (laughs) 
Well, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Oh, but yeah, dude, we can we can probably get around to wrapping this up. Um, All right, cool. Um, dude, it was. Thank you so much for for coming on and for talking to me. It was great, and and this is gonna be one of those episodes where I think people are gonna learn a lot. Oh, dude, I hope it. so. I hope so, man. That, yeah, that'd be fantastic. And, you know, if anyone ever has any questions about coffee or anything and, you know, if, if I can answer it, you know, shoot me a – find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. You know, I'm, you know Smuggler's Coffee, it's, it's pretty easy. Just find it. Um, I'll, I'd be happy to answer any questions that anyone ever has. Um, you know, I'm pretty open with everything that I do, so – I mean, yeah, just shoot me a message and, you know, that'd be fantastic. Awesome, dude. Hell yeah. Dave Feynman with with Smuggler's Coffee. Hit him up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> my, my children need shoes, so buy some coffee. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, so Dave, thank you so much for being on and thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast. Thank you. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me a ruin of those too.